Here we are, Locked On NFL, along with the scout Matt Williams and I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league daily on the Locked On Podcast Network as we do. This is our Monday React episode from all of Sunday's action. Uh, Holiday weekend, so many great games to talk about here, Uh, Matt. I do want to remind everybody to subscribe, rate, review this show if you can. We are on all of your favorite podcast apps, as are all of the programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is at WilliamsonNFL. I think Ravens 49ers was a slugfist, a heavyweight title bout at this point in the season with two really good teams. But I want to start with the one that's freshest in my mind from Sunday Night Football and a bit of an upset as the Houston Texans at home defeating the New England Patriots, handing them their second loss, 28-22. Great win for the Texans. Uh, that that division is getting very interesting now after Tennessee uh, Colts. The, the Texans are still in the driver's seat. I think they're still the best team in that division. We can talk about that stuff more big picture throughout the week. Watson made some spectacular plays. He made a lot of the good routine plays as well. Um, not much of a running game, but they moved the ball pretty well against a really good Pats D. But I think the story is is Brady and it's the offense. I mean, it was it was a really bad look. You know, I mean, he was very frustrated with his teammates and clearly, you know, the separation issues his guys were getting, and it was James White and Edelman, nickel and diamond you to death, and nobody else. But Brady deserves some credit or some heat too. I mean, he's not playing well. He's not elevating those around him. He did miss some open guys when they did break free, but that offense looks like it's in shambles. Yeah, everything running through James White in that one. He he led the team in carries. He had the two touchdown catches. Led the team in receptions. As well, and as good of a player as James White is, it's generally you wouldn't think, okay, New England, we're just going to run this through our running back and dink and dunk, and that's the best we can do. And then that was pretty much it for that offense. And I agree with you. Uh, Brady does deserve some heat, and he's not playing at the, the, the highest level we've seen from Tom Brady. And the weapons around him on offense are not the best as we've seen in New England, and probably one of the worst groups we've seen in a while with the production that they're giving. And Julian Edmund, Edelman had a, a nice game, he went over 100 yards with the uh, a touchdown and a long 44 yarder there but uh and that was a lot of a comeback effort because at, at one point late in the fourth quarter you're thinking oh man okay they've got an onside kick and maybe right. the Patriots can pull this thing off but uh Houston was in charge there and they were very much in charge Deshaun Watson liked what I saw from him and really the entire Texans team with the big bounce back not last week two weeks ago blown out by the Ravens 41-7 comeback beat a division opponent in the Colts, and then a huge win over the Patriots to prove they're back, they belong in the AFC picture and in the driver's seat of the AFC South, which is uh, a great place for them to be. And so nice to see the bounce back there and Bill O'Brien's first time beating his old uh, buddy there in Bill Belichick. Yeah, obviously trending the right way in Houston. I have mixed feelings if they're a true contender or not. I mean, if we were to power rank them up, I'm not exactly sure where I'd put them. But I really like the offense. And, you know, we were really hard on the Patriots offense. And I think they'll give the Texans D a little credit, too. They were flying around the field pretty well. Where do you put the the Patriots here? Because they don't have 
And we'll, we'll get to a team that uh, most people, us included, have called a paper tiger uh, most weeks on this show. The Patriots now, after losing to the Ravens, losing to the Texans, they they do have a nice win against the Cowboys, I guess, but the Cowboys are a 500 team right now. Uh, what's the win on this schedule that shows that the Patriots are even that good? Like, I don't even know what to think about the Patriots now. I know, and... I picked them to win last night, and I don't know why. I was sitting there watching going, boy, this offense is just as bad as I thought it was. Why did I think they'd win? And mostly it's just because of the mystique. I mean, because I've been down this road. I've been an NFL analyst for a long time, and there's been times when I think the Patriots aren't that good, but the Patriots are always really good, and I've been wrong every time I say the Patriots aren't that good. I don't think the Patriots are that good, though. I mean, like, I look at if I were to power rank the AFC, I would have probably go Baltimore, Kansas City, Houston, New England, you know, and Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if New England and Tennessee played 11 times that New England wins. That's very interesting. Yeah. And uh, that's a tough one. So there, there are some things that are up in the air there in the AFC. I don't know if you want to talk any more about this game because there's another marquee matchup we have to get to and I think it's pretty clear right now who that best team in the AFC is and they now have the same record as the New England Patriots at 10 and 2 and that's the Baltimore Ravens yeah and now they have the tiebreaker too so they have the number one seed as it stands uh do you want to dig into that game absolutely we'll get to Raiders 49ers next and a showdown in the AFC South All right, this is a good time to tell the fellas out there about Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help you follow through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And they're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. BlueChew is the cheaper, better, faster choice. BlueChew.com, promo code locked on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. A narrow victory for the Baltimore Ravens in a rainy, wet one at home, beating the San Francisco 49ers 20 17 handing the 49ers their second loss of both teams that came in 10 and 1 the Patriots and the 49ers both lose there's multiple teams now at 10 and 2 around the NFL and it seems like the Ravens are at the top of the heap here and such a a good game there in a in a really a contested one all the way through with the Ravens and the 49ers and for the 49ers the second loss this season uh, both two MVP candidate quarterbacks both on last second field goals against the Seahawks 
in overtime. It took 70 minutes in that one. It took 60 minutes here as time ticked off and Justin Tucker hit the field goal for the Ravens victory 2017 over the Niners. And I'm, I'm, I think this is a very good chance to be a Super Bowl preview. I'm kind of hoping it plays out that way. I'm sure you are. Um, I'm still extremely high on the Niners, but you know this better than me. I mean, all of a sudden, they're in a bind. I mean, the NFC is rough. They got some tough games coming up that they might still be the best team in the NFC, but there's a real good chance that they're the five seed. If there was a game for the 49ers to lose, it was the Ravens game because they are the only AFC opponent left. And the tiebreaker after head-to-head is conference record. And obviously, they can control their own destiny because they have the other team at 10-2 and right now in the NFC. Next week, they're going to New Orleans to play the Saints. And then week 17, they're going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. And we'll see if the Seahawks uh, win on Monday Night Football against the Vikings uh, to put them also at 10-2. and two. So it's going to be a good one down the stretch, but the 49ers have a chance to control their own destiny there with the teams they're playing. Um, focusing on this game, it was all on the ground. I mean, that it was it was wet, and they were able to throw the ball a little bit. Both Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson had one touchdown apiece, but Jackson only averaged 4.6 yards per drop back. So, you know, he was throwing all... I think he had... Seven of his 14 completions were to tight ends, and he had maybe three completions to wide receivers. So it was all on the ground in this game, and it was very uh, one-dimensional, especially the Baltimore Ravens offense, but it was enough, and Lamar did his thing on the ground. 100 yards rushing, 16 carries. He had a touchdown rushing as well, and as good as the 49ers played and as good as their defense played against Lamar, they fell just short, and it came down to the kicking game where Robbie Gold missed one and Justin Tucker did not. Yeah, and I'm not worried about the Niners kicking game, but boy, is Tucker a weapon, and he shows it year after year, game after game. I mean, I think he's the best that's ever done. It's still elite in that category. Um, all good stuff there you said. One thing I I don't know if you agree with me or not, because this is going to sound anti-49er, but I don't mean it that way, that the weather, I think, gave the Niners a better chance in this one than vice versa, just because... I think the Marquise Brown deep ball, you know, kind of got eliminated a little bit. And Jackson's pure speed and explosion, uh, it was a little bit of a a neutralizer to that. I mean, not that he wasn't impressive. And I was really impressed with his ball handling and his play fakes and those type of things. But I do think sloppy weather hurt the Ravens more than it hurt the Niners. Yeah, even though it was wet, there was only one fumble for each team, and it was both the quarterbacks, Garoppolo and Lamar, each lost one fumble in that game. But it did hinder the passing game, which I think did help the 49ers because it eliminated that extra bit of Lamar Jackson being able to make those downfield throws, like you mentioned, and hitting Hollywood Brown. He only had one catch for one yard in this game and hitting him on on these deep plays, and he threw five touchdown passes the week before. So, you know, 49ers did something right as well and were really covering guys down the field. But I think that wet ball, and you saw a couple of ugly passes that were really off target from both quarterbacks too. So, um, And with the 49ers' ability to run the ball, I think that did skew things toward the 49ers because – um, I think the 49ers ended up being able to have a little bit better passing game, even though it was wet. Uh, we're still able to run the ball, and it almost eliminated the the Baltimore passing game. Although, I mean, Jackson still was running around pretty easily there in that <laughs> right. wetness, yeah. and so uh, he's just a special, 
special weapon. And I was blown away by how little the 49ers were able to hit Lamar Jackson, too. 16 carries. I think he only got tackled five times in the game. It's it's just wild to watch him play and how he's able to uh, uh, to, to run that offense. And it's all through him. It's just all 100% through him. The 49ers did one thing where if they do play again, and that's a rematch in the Super Bowl, and I'm sure the Patriots will do something different than they did the first time against Baltimore if they uh, meet in the AFC playoffs, is that they didn't hit Lamar Jackson. They were focusing on crashing with their defensive ends against the run game, and many times they were just tackling a guy that didn't have the ball and trying to replace those guys crashing off the edge with their linebackers and defensive backs to try to corral Lamar Jackson, and that didn't really work all that well, and that was a strategy I didn't love from Robert Sala and the 49ers. So that's something that I could see being very different next time. Yeah, and I really think playing him the first time is very difficult you experiment, you throw some things out there, but you don't really know and you can't simulate them in practice. And I love the point you made about how seldomly he actually does get hit for as often as he carries the ball. And someday he's going to get plastered, and I hope it doesn't happen, but it will. Someday he's going to have a bad ankle and we'll see how he is. you know. But he has remarkable vision and stop start and protects his body much better than last year. Um and both these defenses overall played quite well. I mean, we didn't talk much about Baltimore's D, but they, you know, they shut down Kittle. Their run defense was a little questionable, but you know, I think both these defenses will gladly take twenty or less points. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Raheem Mostert was the guy who showed up for the Forty ers He was their guy that was able to. Uh, uh, they they filtered a few guys in early, and Tevin Coleman got a lot of run at the beginning of the game, and he ended up getting five carries for six yards. And when they saw how Raheem Mostert looked versus Tevin Coleman, they thought, well, I think this is our guy today. And and they rode Raheem Mostert the rest of the way, 19 carries for 146 yards. He was averaging 7.7 yards per carry, had a 40-yard touchdown run, uh, and uh, he was pretty much their entire offense. And and they were running it at will at one point against that Ravens defense. But uh, in all, it was a really good game, a couple of really good teams, and a nice matchup there. It would be pretty fun to see this one again. Yeah, absolutely. Unique styles, well coached, um, a lot of star power. You know, I, I really would love to see this one again. Let's move along to. Let's start here. Let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals getting their How about that? first win of the season, beating the Jets. Andy Dalton led Cincinnati Bengals twenty-two to six over the Jets at home. Giving those Bengals fans with season tickets a W. I'll be honest. I mean, Bengals fans, congrats. I'm not ignoring you. But my son and I laughed. Like, uh, is there even going to be one clip from this game on Red Zone? You know, like, they ignored (laughs) this game to no end. And I I think it's pretty clear that Andy Dalton gives them a much better chance to win. I've been saying for a while that the rest of the team's slowly getting better. I wrote up a little blurb about how I thought the the defensive line kind of controlled this game, and that's one of the few strengths of the Bengals team. I think Dunlap had three sacks. And, you know, maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on the Jets, too. Right. A, a weird line for Sam Darnold, too. And, and like you, um, Red Zone Channel wasn't going to it much. I definitely wasn't flipping over to this game to try to watch it necessarily, even though I was keeping an eye on the score. Mm-hmm. Such a weird line for Sam Darnold. He threw the ball 48 times, didn't have a touchdown, didn't have an interception, um, and, and sort of just a lot of short passing, and the the Bengals bend-don't-break sort of defense against that Jets offense, and it worked. They only mustered a couple of field goals. 
Yeah, I think the Jets' protection was a real problem, too. Probably shouldn't spend too much time on this game, but uh, your point about Andy Dalton, I think, was right. You know, this is an NFL quarterback. He's a, he's a pretty decent quarterback, and he didn't deserve necessarily to be benched because of the talent behind him, but I think it was a good evaluation for the Bengals. They know what they have in Finley now, and they're like, okay, we saw that. Let's go back to Dalton. Let's win a, let's win a football game here. Yeah, and they were one of several, but these teams that are picking early in the draft, there's a couple wins, so the Bengals still are in pretty firm control of that first overall pick. Right. I think we've got to go to the Dolphins-Eagles game, and, man, what are the Philadelphia Eagles doing right now? Falling wow. to 5-7, and seven, losing to the Dolphins, who don't help themselves in that draft sweepstakes by winning and picking up their third win of the season, 3-9 and nine now, as Miami wins 37-31. First of all, the Dolphins are a lot of fun. I mean... Fitz is tough, aggressive. When you get this version of him, wow, it's fun. Unbelievably great um, play call with the the trick play with the kickers yes. and the punters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, very, fun. very fun there. Go YouTube that if you if do search for that if you didn't see it yet. Um, I do think this team is rallying around their coach. I think they're building something. But... And, and Devontae Parker was kind of the star of the show, too, with Fitz. And they had no answer for him whatsoever. But from what I saw from the Eagles, you know, they were in control, I would say, the first half. Didn't run the ball much, though, with the lead. And I thought this would be a big Miles Sanders game. They actually looked like they were getting tired down the stretch. You know, in Miami, it's a, you know, a hotter environment than they used to. And Miami's moving the ball at will late in the game. There's... Bad things going on in Philly right now. I love that love that. that play, and you weren't expecting to see a Jason Sanders touchdown. I'm in for any punter throwing to kicker touchdown pass. That, <laughs> right. that is definitely a rarity in the NFL and just the way that play looked. But on the other side, Sanders, Miles Sanders, heavily involved in this game. Uh, he was, I think, a bright spot, and he's really taken over that backfield now. Uh, 83 yards on the ground and then had another uh, five receptions and a touchdown catch, but... Yeah, I think that speed outside really shows right now. Carson Wentz not playing at a level that you would have hoped Carson Wentz would have played at, even though his final line didn't look terrible. He had 310 passing yards, three touchdowns to the one interception and a 93.6 rating. Um, and J.H.I., we haven't really talked about him signing back with Philly. He's back in Philly there. He got a couple of carries, but he's not a big part of the offense. But, yeah, um, it's sort of a nothing-to-lose situation for Miami, and it's fun to watch them like, let's do whatever we can and go into the game and even have this crazy trick, you know, play with, with the punter passing to the holder passing to the the kicker for a touchdown. So um, nothing to lose for the Miami Dolphins. And they did not lose them beating the Eagles. And man, the Eagles just need to regroup in the offseason, come back with uh, with a completely different mindset and a plan because this is uh, just a really forgettable season for them. Yeah, really bad. And, and unfortunately, nobody wants to win the NFC East, so they're still in it. <laughs> but boy, the, the defense crumbled down the stretch in this game, I and mean, that would be really concerning for me if I'm an Eagles fan. We teased the AFC South earlier. We've got to talk Titans-Colts. 31-17 Tennessee now, sole possession of second place in the AFC South. One game behind the Texans at 7-5, and five, and the Colts falling to an even 6-6. Six and six. It's probably a little early to say this, but I think the Colts are pretty cooked, and I think they're lacking, you know, perimeter speed. T.Y. Hilton compliments, you know, the guys of that ilk is showing up, and they could use another playmaker on defense, and they're probably asking a little too much of Brissett at this stage of his career. But I, this one's more about the Titans for me. I mean, 
I think they're very real. Um, I think they and the Bills are proving to be the best options for wildcard teams in the AFC and are very worthy um, playoff caliber football teams. Uh, and the Titans are on the outside looking in right now, though. Yeah, and the the tiebreaker situation also doesn't look good for the Colts. I mean, they lost to the Steelers earlier this season, which would be one of those uh, conference tiebreakers. Um, or a, a conference tiebreaker after the head-to-head stuff, too. So they're just not in good shape. They've lost to a lot of yeah. AFC teams, the Chargers, the Raiders, um, the Texans, the Titans, split with the Titans and the Texans this year, lost to the Dolphins. So, um, yeah, they, they're not looking good. They they have to have a, a record better than everybody because they're going to lose the tiebreakers, and they're not going to have a, a record better than everybody because there's just too many teams. Right, and they got to find a new kicker, too. Yes, Yes, that's a good so. point. <laughs> okay. I like the Titans, though. I'm a Titans believer. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I like I like the way the Titans are playing right now. The Tannehill Titans are a much different football team. Absolutely, and Derrick Henry's just beating up on people. All right, a few more to get to. Steelers-Browns, a uh, snowy game in New York coming up. Let's go to New York. The Green Bay Packers bouncing back after a big loss last week to the 49ers in the snow, beating the Giants 31-13. Rodgers chucking the ball around a little bit. Uh, maybe a little chip on his shoulder after last week, four touchdown passes. Yeah, and one thing I noted out of this one, there's another game I didn't see a ton of, but first of all, I don't think the Giants are getting any better. I mean, they're not showing. I thought we'd see more signs of life Yes, from the quarterback, the skill position dude, Saquon, you know, the, some of these early picks. Um, but it, I, I thought it was pretty clear that – Aaron Rodgers knew how to handle a football in these conditions and has played a lot of snow games, and it didn't change him one bit. They're still looking for options outside Devontae Adams, but the Giants had no answer whatsoever for Adams. So it was kind of the Rodgers-Adams show from what I saw, and you know he was just much more equipped for the conditions and experience and arm strength and you know all those things. Alan Lazard did have a long touchdown catch from Aaron Rodgers, a 43-yarder, yeah, and he's kind of come out of nowhere to be – the number two guy right now, uh, Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, I and, sort of overlooked him. You're right. I mean, he's he's the story. He's somebody to watch. Right. Uh, maybe I mean, he I did, give he, him a little more credit. He only had three catches. He's not a big part of the offense because they're still really trying to figure out what to do with that number two wide receiver situation, but a healthy Adams helps a lot for them. And uh, it looks like it might be Alan Lazard is that guy, even though nobody's really heavily targeted outside of Devontae Adams, and yeah, the, on the other side, the three interceptions from Daniel Jones. Not seeing the the growth there, you would hope, um, you know. And it's a roller coaster for a young quarterback, and so hopefully there is an uptick for for him at the end of the season. Yeah, and this is another conversation for another day. But what if Gettleman and the coach get fired, and they have an early pick? Could they go quarterback again? Oh man, I don't, I don't think you know? so. I, I think there was enough signs. From Daniel Jones early in the season, they're going to keep everybody together. Yeah. But if they are really terrible next year or something like that, then I think maybe we would talk about that. Right. Maybe end up taking Chase Young or something and then right. give it another year. Uh, let's talk about your Steelers that are currently very much alive in the playoff picture and would be in the playoffs today. And uh, they beat the Browns 2013 and a little bit of a grudge match there in Pittsburgh. Browns are done 5-7 and seven now on the year. But the seven and five Steelers holding on to currently a wild card spot. Yeah, a very resilient, well coached football team. I mean, they're used to winning, and that shows um, the Browns are still very much a work in progress in that regard. Uh, although 
about uh, halfway through the first half or so, maybe even deep into the second quarter, I was looking at this thing going, man, the Steelers are going to get blown out. There's just no offense. There, There's nowhere to go with the football. But then they started opening it up, and I need to find out more why it took so long or when the switch flipped that, hey, let's throw the ball down the field and see what happens. And guys like James Washington are really stepping up. I thought Snell played really, really well. They may have a uh, have something in him. Duck is obviously the story. I mean, he's he's confident and he pushes the ball down the field, and that's more than you can say about Rudolph. But one note here that Steeler fans aren't going to love is I really thought the the Browns injuries in the secondary and injuries and in suspension on the defensive line really took their toll as the game went on and. Part of me kind of chuckles on the inside, but if you have Miles Garrett, you might win this one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. <laughs> I like your point about Duck Hodges too. Oh yeah, I didn't have the sounder. Oh, there it is. He, uh, yeah, he he started opening up a little bit, uh, over ten yards per per pass, and they didn't lean on him heavily. He threw the ball twenty one times. Benny Snell's a good story there as a rookie, but it's not too big for Devlin Hodges. I think that's pretty obvious, and for an undrafted guy to come in and he's like, okay. Let's do this. I, I think that's it. Shows a lot about who Duck Hodges is, even if he's not, you know, going to be a superstar quarterback in this league. Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people around here, and I've said this too, are he doesn't care. He's playing with house money. Well, that's not how he looks at it. He looks at it like I'm an NFL quarterback, <laughs> yeah. and this is what I do. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not. This is some cute thing I'll tell my my grandkids that I played one NFL game. He thinks he's here to stay, and he's playing that way. Yeah, he's earning himself a backup job to Big Big Ben next year. Although I think there might be another uh, quarterback in the mix in the in the draft at some point for the Steelers as well. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Maybe not this off season, but I mean, again, I mean, I I definitely see things through black and gold colored glasses. But this defense is great, and man, if they would have Ben, I think they would be in that conversation for those top teams in the AFC, like we talked about earlier in the show. I completely agree. And on the others, and yeah. You mentioned uh, how good the Steelers are coached, and Mike Tomlin is a, is a very good football coach, and I think it's pretty clear that Kitchens might not be, or he's over his head. I think he rose a little bit too far being a head coach. Uh, I do not like the way this uh, Browns team is being coached. No, and maybe we should talk about this at some point in the week, but there looks like five or six, seven or eight jobs that are on real shaky ground right now, and this is another one. The Redskins, another bad team, picking up a W, their third of the season on the road, beating the Panthers 29-21. Both these teams can have new coaches, too, come to think of it. Right. And it seemed like it was too much, not too much McCaffrey, but eventually you can't just put all your eggs in that basket. And I know DJ Moore's a good player, and it's just – I don't know how you lose this game. I mean, this is a bad loss for the Panthers is where I'm going with this, and right. I don't know who exactly to blame. The run defense, obviously, is a huge culprit here. But let's give Geis some credit. I mean, he runs hard. I love him at LSU. Sometimes you forget about what a good prospect he was because he's had two injuries since then, and you don't know if he's going to be the same. But if they find, you know, if he's clearly their guy the rest of the way, that's one nice building block out of the way. I thought Haskins was okay, far from great. But 
Um, that offense is taking steps. Let's just at least say that for Washington. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, taking steps. It, it was nice. to. I think that's the story, the takeaway for me in this game. Obviously, bad run defense from the Panthers. We've seen multiple teams just gouge them on the ground, and it was no different here. But it was nice to see Darius Geis. It only took him 10 carries to get 129 yards. He had a, a 60-yarder, a couple of long runs. So nice to see Darius Geis back. Yeah, and he's a... An able receiver. I mean, they're at least trending the right direction on offense. We'll see. Um, again, awful loss for the Panthers, though. This is a get-you-fired kind of loss. All right, let's go quick through the rest of these. Any thoughts on the Buccaneers beating the Jags in Jacksonville 28-11? Nice win for the Bucs, obviously. Um, Minshew made another appearance. And the more I think about the Jags, and again, we'll talk about this later in the week, the more I, talk about the, the more I think about the Jags' quarterback situation, they might not have two. They might have zero. <laughs> yeah, not a great showing for Minshew there. And the Bucks run D doing their thing again, really uh, stuffing Jacksonville on the ground. Let's go to Arizona. The Rams over the Cardinals. Really uh, wow. winning that one easily. 34-7 did Los Angeles. And the Cards fall to 3-8-1. Rams at 7-5 still. I mean, it's, it's rough for a 7-5 team in the NFC. They're not looking good for a playoff spot still. Right, and I was crazy. I just had kind of a hunch that the Cardinals were going to play them real tight. They didn't at all. Uh, Kyler doesn't look 100% healthy. They had no answer for Goff. This was an utter blowout from the start, and, I mean, I don't know what else to add to it. Good to see the old Rams back, though. Let's finish with the AFC West. It's tough seeing uh, the way this Chargers season is ending. Uh, Didn't begin all that great either, but uh, 23-20, the Broncos. Hold on to beat the Chargers. Yeah, back and forth game that, uh, again, some questionable coaching situations here, particularly with L.A. Awful pass interference call super late in the game that end up leading to the, the game winner. Um, neither of these teams is super impressive to me. I, I'm excited to watch more of Drew Locke, though. At least he, mm-hmm. he, th- he, th- he shows some flashes, and Cortland Sutton's a really good player, so kind of mentioned that the the Redskins have a, a little bit of a young core on offense growing. I think Fant, Sutton, maybe Locke, some of those guys could be building something there too. Yeah, Drew Locke to Cortland Sutton, two touchdown connections there. Is that something we'll be talking about for a long time in Denver? Who knows? Could be, could be. I mean, Chargers are done. Is Rivers done? Is Lynn done? I think all those are good questions. And... The Raiders blown out by the Chiefs in Kansas City. And we were talking, hey, this could be tied in the AFC West after this week. Nope, uh, definitely not. Chiefs are like, yeah, you you can't hang with us. 40-9 to nine was the final there. Yeah, this is kind of like the Rams game. I don't know much to add to it. Um, uh, Chiefs minus 10 was my lock of the week, so I was pretty happy about that. Hit that one pretty hard. Um, people seem to be not talking about the Chiefs quite enough, but they were they are awfully impressive. We did not get into the Thursday games because they were so far in the past, but we didn't talk about these teams a lot either. I think Bill's Cowboys deserve some time Tuesday, or at least talking about those teams individually and maybe not breaking down the game so much because I think there's some interesting storylines there. And the Bills, they, they might have shown me something. I think uh, it's time to stop ignoring the Buffalo Bills. Agreed. And let's talk about that maybe tomorrow yes. too. 
Bills and Cowboys, sort of a state of the union where they're at, I think is very apt right now. Yes, absolutely. So we'll get to all of that tomorrow. Everything else going on around the league right here. Locked on NFL.